join us for the Living the Life broadcast on our series, Understanding the Goodness of God with Dr. Chooks Ugohe. Good evening. Welcome to our time of studying God's Word together. Uh, we are learning about the goodness of God. We've been studying the character of God and trying to understand Him and, and see who He is. And we've been looking at the subject of the goodness of God from many angles, from many angles. And um, it's been an exciting journey. We've done uh, 270 episodes already. Tonight is episode 271. Can you believe it? 271. That's where we are tonight. And our specific contemplation is on the series, The Goodness of God Makes Him My Helper. The Goodness of God Makes Him My Helper. And uh, tonight will be part five. And, uh, from part one to part four, we've shared quite a bit of things. One of the things that we put on the table is that God is the helper of man. God wants to help man. His goodness makes him want to help man. The necessity for help is because man has frailties. Man has weaknesses. Man has limitations. There is also the devil that is out there in the world. So all of these things combined together necessitate God to be man's helper. So we need his help to get miracles. We need his help to, for healing, for finances, for protection, for preservation. We need his help for progress, for prosperity. We need his help. Without his help, we can't. <laughs> his word says without him we can do nothing. So we need his help. Now the, 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 the problem is even though God wants to help and has actually helped us already in the finished work of Christ. He's already helped us. We are already helped. But we are not accessing that help. And we are trying to investigate why is that help not reaching? If it's already done, if it's already provided, he's already healed, he's already you know, protected, he's already preserved, he's already given us life. Why is he not downloading? Why are people still dying of sickness, of accidents? of old age, if he's already, you know, brought life and immortality to light, why are we not accessing the help that he is sending? Why, why, why do we have needs that are not met, bills that are not paid? Why, why is it that we are, we are needing the Red Sea to part, but the Red Sea is not parted? Yet, in Christ, the Red Sea is already parted, but in our experience, the Red Sea is not parted. Why do we still have these Egyptians chasing after us? And, and yet, the Egyptians have been nailed on the cross. The Bible tells us that he has defeated all our enemies and put them to op open show, or, I mean, to public, public disgrace when he made a, 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 an open show of the triumph he had over them. So, the, the Egyptians have already been defeated on the cross. The Egyptians you see today, you see them no more forever. That is the truth. That's what he has done. So, why are we not receiving what has been done on the cross? Why is that help? tiring why is it taking long why you know the bible says that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness so his divine power has given to you all the money you need to sort out their life to pay the bills school fees rent whatever it's all been provided food the wedding you know whatever it is you need it's all been provided but why is it not getting to you and we identify why it's not getting to you it's not God holding it back. Mm -mm. He's already released it. Why is it not getting to you? There is fear in your subconscious mind that is blocking that supply from coming. 
So, so the, in, in the realm of the spirit, that fear serves like a dam, like a big dam. And that dam is there. On this side is a, is a reservoir of resources. On this side is arid. And nothing is flowing through because it's dammed. Fear has created a dam. And that dam has walled off your blessing. So in the, in the realm of the spirit, in the bosom of the Father, is this huge reservoir of blessings with your name on them. But on the side of the earth where you are, where you need it, <laughs> it's not coming through. And that, that dam needs to go down. We said that dam is fear. That dam is fear. Where did we get this fear from? Where did we get it from? We got it from Adam. When Adam believed that God was not good, in the beginning, in the garden, the enemy came and sowed a lie into Adam's heart that God was not good. And the moment he believed it, he became afraid. He became afraid and he started running from God. So that fear sunk in. That that belief that God is not good sunk in into his subconscious and entered into his genes. And he started passing it to his children and to his children and to his children and children's children all the way to when he got to me and he got to you and he got to your children. It's being transferred. But listen, I have some good news. Hallelujah. I'm a preacher of good news. The good news is Jesus came to break that cycle. So he came to demonstrate the awesome character of the God we serve, that he's a good God. That's why he said, anybody who has seen me has seen the Father. He came to show us how good God is. It is his goodness that makes him want to help us. And you got to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, the goodness will not get through to you. You need to believe that his goodness makes him your helper. So, so Jesus came died on the cross and broke that thing. So, so when he broke that thing, he took away our, our sin nature. That sin nature has been taken away and nailed to the cross. That's what the Bible says. It's nailed to the cross. So now, it's no longer, it's no longer, uh, what's the word? Attached to our person. As it were, it has been you know, uh, the root of it has been cut off somehow. I'm just trying to explain a spiritual phenomena here. The, the root of that lie has been cut off because the old nature had been nailed to the cross. Now I need to renew my mind. So I need to go to where it is and take it out. Simply take it out. It's no longer rooted. It's not like an Iroko tree or like a mahogany tree, or like one big tree, that the roots have gone so deep that it's so difficult to uproot. No, it, Jesus has cut off. He's cut it off. So it's no longer deeply rooted, but it, however, needs to be uprooted. It needs to be pulled out. But what I'm saying to you now, it's easy. If you understand this, it's easy to pull out that lie. It's easy to pull out that lie. And what I want to do tonight is to teach you how to pull out that lie, because Everybody, listen to this. The Bible says everybody must work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to work out your salvation. Your salvation from the old nature. Your salvation from the sin nature. From the kingdom of darkness. You have to work it out with fear and trembling. And the way I'm talking about here is godly fear. 
You got to work out your own salvation. Your pastor can't do it for you. You got to do it yourself. Your mother can't do it for you. Your sister can't do it for you. Everybody has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. So there is some work that you need to do. You need to, so first of all is we try to diagnose the problem and analyze it and, and you know, explain the problem. Now you understand the problem that it's not that God didn't send help. It's not that God didn't send, send you know, the money or send the healing or, or whatever. He's already done it. It's finished. It hasn't gotten to you because there's a fear. It hasn't gotten to you because there's something blocking, blocking it from getting to you. And that thing is deep in your subconscious mind. And when you understand it, you uproot it. Right. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me read one scripture for you. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter number 12. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Luke 12, verse 32. It says, do not fear, little flock. <laughs> do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you whatever assets, whatever resources, whatever blessings in the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure. Now, <laughs> there has to be good pleasure in you to receive it. So, so the father has good pleasure to give it. You as a child cannot have fear. If you have fear, it blocks the good pleasure and it won't come through. So in your heart, there has to be joy. There has to be good pleasure to receive it. So good pleasure, calling on good pleasure, the blessing comes through. The help comes through. So if you are not excited when a situation arises that, that, you know, that needs help from God, and you're not excited that you're going to get that help, you're not on the same page with God. It gives him good pleasure to send the blessing. You must, you must also have good pleasure to receive it. Not fear, not apprehension that it will not come through. Because when you have apprehension, your apprehension is not connecting to the frequency where God wants to send it. God sends his blessings from the frequency of joy, from the frequency of good pleasure, of, the, of delight. So there must be delight in your own heart to draw what God has in his heart. Or what God has made available for you from his heart. There has to be joy. So if you have fear in you, it will not flow. Fear is a blessing blocker. Just like strife is a blessing blocker, fear is a blessing blocker. He just blocks it. And you know, there are so many children of God who are denied because the blessing blocker is active. They have active blessing blockers, stopping things that Jesus died for, stopping things that Jesus paid for with his blood from getting to them. It's already purchased. It's already acquired. It's just to transmit. It's a problem of transmission. There is a cut. There is a block in the line. But it's procured. Transmission is the problem. And fear is the, tra is the transmission blocker. We need to get rid of that fear. No, fear is your enemy. I'm telling you now. Fear is your, is your enemy. That, that mistrust that came from Adam, where you're not sure that God will do it. Yeah, you don't doubt his power to do it, but you, you doubt his willingness to give it to you. That doubt in his willingness to give it to you when you need it, 
That is what needs to go. That is what needs to go. It needs to go. It's, it's stopping you from achieving destiny, from fulfilling your potential, for becoming all that you're supposed to be. Listen, your, your, your highest potential has been paid for in God. Your highest potential has been paid for in God. The Bible says we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor. That through his poverty, we may become rich and abundantly supplied. He, everything has been supplied. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that God is able to make all grace abound towards us. That we having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every, 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 every good work. Every good work. So it is that fear that is sabotaging things, things for you. It is that fear that is undermining things for you. And we need to learn how to get rid of that fear. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we came to do tonight. We need to learn a few spiritual principles to help us get rid of that fear. So, Psalm 45 verse 1. Let, let's, let's, let, let's get into how to deal with that fear and get, get it off. Okay, so the problem with this fear is that it is buried in a deep place. It's not on the surface. It's buried in the part of your mind called your subconscious mind. It's not on the surface. What Jesus did, Jesus cut it off from, from who you are. So when you got born again, you received a new nature. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. That new creation that you became, it, it, it defeated the old man and displaced the old man. So now the old man needs to be pushed out. He has been evicted. Jesus has evicted him by, by his sacrifice on the cross. We now need to what? Enforce the eviction and get him out of the house. We now need to, you know, you know go in there and pull his things out. He, knows, he no longer has a legal basis to plug his roots down. The old man is defeated. We now need to what? Enforce the eviction. Carry his things out. Throw out this, his goods. Get his goods out. The goods we are talking about here is that fear. It's there. Plant, you know, plugged into your subconscious. But the only difference is it's no longer deeply rooted. So it can go out. It can leave. Let me show you scripture. Psalm 45 verse 1. My heart is overflowing with a good thing. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. How do we displace a lie with the truth we overwrite? We what? Overwrite. So we overwrite the lies that are buried in our subconscious with the truth. And the Bible says our tongue is the pen is the pen of a ready writer. It is our tongue we use to write in our hearts. It's our tongue we use to overwrite the, the lies. So the lies were planted there. It's your tongue you use to write the truth in your heart. Meaning, you got to speak the word out of your mouth. You need to confess the word of God. You could speak it. Speak that word. The, the, the scripture says God has good pleasure to bless you, to give you the kingdom, to give you, you know, the resources of the kingdom, the, the assets of the kingdom. He has, it gives him great pleasure. So now we need to, you know, convince ourselves by speaking the word to ourselves. Begin to speak that word that the Lord is my helper. 
and he sends me help, and he sends me help early. Hallelujah. He sends me help, and he sends me help early. You begin to speak that word and begin to confess it. What happens is that as you begin to speak with your mouth, the word goes into your heart and uproots the lie and chases the lie out. See, darkness, lies are darkness. Okay? Lies are equal to darkness. Darkness cannot stay when the light is put on. Once you enter into a room that is dark and you touch the switch and flip the switch and the light comes on, there's no argument anymore. Darkness leaves the room. Because once the light comes, darkness leaves the room. The same way, the Bible said, the entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your word gives light. The word has to enter your hearts. The entrance of your word gives light. And when light comes in, darkness leaves. When truth goes in, lies leave. Lies are darkness. They leave. The entrance of your word gives light. So the word has to enter into your heart. This is the work that you have to do. You have to open the door of your heart and send that word in. When the word goes in, it shines light. It pours light. It pours light and it liberates you. And you're no longer afraid. You're no longer apprehensive. You're no longer doubting whether God will come through or not. You're actually now delighted. When you see needs, when you see situations, adversity, challenges, weaknesses, it produces a joy within you because you know that help has come. This was where Paul was in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we you know, shared in previous episodes. He had come to the place where he said, I delight. I delight in infirmities. I take pleasure, great pleasure in needs. Why? Because when I am weak, then I am strong. The strength of God is made perfect in my weakness, in my situation of need, in my vulnerability. The strength of God is made perfect. But the thing is that, that my need no longer scares me. It no longer creates anxiety. Instead, my focus is on his strength and my faith is on his strength. And because my faith is on his strength, it produces joy. I trust him and joy manifests. Hallelujah. And like I said, it gives him good pleasure to send the blessing. If, when you have joy to receive the blessing, there will be a flow. The help will come through. Hallelujah. So you need to speak the word out of your mouth. It's something you must do. You got to confess the word of God. Look at Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua 1.8. This is very important. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Did you see that? You should speak the word of God from your mouth. But you shall meditate upon it day and night. So when I'm speaking it from my mouth, I'm also meditating on it. Meditate upon it day and night. Why did he say day and night? Why did he say day and night? Because that's the way to attack these lies that are hindering your destiny that is hindering your success. You attack it day and night, day and night. This is where a lot of believers are culprits. We are not diligent to do what the word says. If he says, meditate on the word day and night, if he says, speak the word day and night, how do you want to get results if you don't do what the word prescribes for you to do? It's like going to a doctor and he gives you medication and he says, take it three times a day. And then you do not take it three times a day. And the disease, it remains in your body. So who do you blame? 
you can't say, you know, there is no, there is no solution to the problem. There's a solution to the problem. It was, the prescription was given to you on how to take the medication. If you don't take the medication, then it's your fault. So there's a medication that's been given to us. It's the word of God. The, the word of God deals with the fear. The word of God goes to where the fear is lodged in our subconscious and uproots it by shining the light. The entrance of the word gives light by shining the light and the, and the lie is uprooted. But if you need to do it day and night, day and night, you need to do it day and night. Look at what he says. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Can you see? Your, your capacity to do the word, to observe to do the word, is connected to your meditation. So if you are going to be a doer of the word, it's because the word that, that you are supposed to do has been planted in your heart. And that planting produces behavioral change. So you are now able to do because it's been planted. It's not behavior modification. It's behavior, it's transformation because the word changes you. The word changes you when it goes in, when it's planted. It doesn't change you when it is in the Bible. It changes you when it goes in. And something is altered in your subconscious. Something is altered in the, in the fabric, in the inner you know, fabric of your being. And then out of that you know, transformation on the inside, there is a, an outward manifestation. And your behavior changes, your action changes. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So only when the word has gone in, Will you make your way prosperous? Will you make your way prosperous? And will you have good success? Only when the word has gone in <laughs> and begins to affect your behavior and affect the way you think and the way you act. Because remember that for your behavior to come through, it affects your thinking. And when your thinking changes, your actions change. So, so you got to do what is ne necessary. Speak the word out of your mouth. The reason why we are laboring in the word of God, teaching about the goodness of God, is to, is to bring understanding and bring revelation. So you know God loves you. You are the object of his love. He has already sent you help. He has already sent you help. His word says he's a very present help in a time of need. He, before the need arose, the help, the situation has already been resolved. Before, before the bill arose, the, the, the money to pay it has already been provided. That's the truth. So if it's not manifesting, something is blocking it. And I'm teaching you how to remove that block. It's fear. The fear that it will not come through. God needs to help you get that fear out. And what do you need to do? Speak the word of God. Confess the word. Confess the word. Number one, that's number one. Number two, meditate on the word. Meditate on it. Day and night, meditate on it. Ponder on it. You know, on your bed, meditate. Day and night. Let me show you. Psalm 63, verse 6. Psalm 63, verse 6. Look at this. He says, when I remember you on my bed. What do you do on your bed? Do you remember the Lord on your bed? Or you are remembering the problems? <laughs> or you are, you are thinking of, you know, the, 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 the situation, the adversity, the lack, the need. No, no. 
Your bed is supposed to be a place where you think on the Lord, <laughs> where you remember the Lord. The Lord should be what you are thinking about, not the problem, not, not the difficulty, not worrying. You have made your bed a worrying, a worrying altar, a, a worrying altar, an altar where you worry and you worry. So your bed is filled with anxiety. No, your bed should be a place where you remember God. Where you think about God, you think about his goodness, you think about his kindness, you think about his good pleasure to bless you. And when, when that is going on, it produces joy inside of you. Look at what he says. I meditate on you in the night watches. I meditate on you in the night watches. What are you doing in the night watches? <laughs> what are you doing in the night watches? If you are afraid, then you are doing the wrong thing. <laughs> If you're scared, you're doing the wrong thing. If you're doubting, you're doing the wrong thing. If you're worrying, you're doing the wrong thing. If you're anxious, you're doing the wrong thing. So you need to deal with that anxiety. It mustn't come to your bed anymore. When you're on your bed at night, remember he says you have been set upon the word day and night. When you're on bed at night, you must be thinking of God. You must be thinking about his goodness towards you. You must be thinking about the many plans he has made to deliver the blessing to you and be thankful and be thankful. Let joy fill your heart while you ponder on the Lord. When you think on the Lord, think about his kindness towards you. Think about his benevolence towards you. Think about his, his, his good heart towards you. You are the object of his affection. You are the object of his love. So think about that. Meditate on that. Meditation goes to the root of the lie, uproots the lie, and throws it out of the window. Yes, that's what meditation does. Meditation goes to the root of the lie. So when you lie down, don't just sleep. Meditate. That's what he says. I meditate on you in the night watches. Verse 7. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Did you see that? Because you have been my help. So when you contemplate the help of God and you are grateful, he said, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Because when I meditate on him, he produces joy. And when there's joy, the help will come. I told you, he has good pleasure to give you. So you need to have rejoicing to receive it. And how do you, re how do you get it? Meditation. That's what he says here. When you meditate on the Lord and think on the Lord and think on the Lord, it's going to produce joy, rejoicing. And when rejoicing is in place, that blessing will come through. Oh, yes. That blessing, the help will just manifest. Somehow, circumstances will be aligned. People will be aligned. And that thing will come through in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive your miracle right now. Receive that blessing right now. So tonight, instead of going to bed to worry, let be conscious to meditate on the goodness of God, to meditate on the kindness of God, to meditate on his heart disposition towards you. Meditate on his love, his love for God so loved that he gave, he's already given. Meditate on that and the blessing will come through. Let me show you another scripture. Psalm 1, Psalm 1 verse 2. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So this person delights in the word of God. And in his, word, in his law, he meditates. He meditates on the word of God. So, so, so when you see that law, you can put the word of God. On his word, he meditates day and night. Did you see that again? Day and night. 
And this is what, what the effect. Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever he does prospers. So when you form this habit of meditation, and you meditate every night, you meditate every night, you meditate in the daytime, you meditate every night, it is, there is no stopping you. That blessing will come through. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. This is very powerful truth right here tonight. It says, verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. What's the effect? That your progress, that your prosperity, that your advancement, that your increase may be evident to all. So, so it's talking about manifestation. Because when something is evident to all, that means it's manifested. It's not just in your heart. Your dream is not in your heart. Your, your, the, 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 the house that you want to build or, or buy is not in your house. It's not in your heart. It has become evident to all, meaning that it has manifested. The career progress has manifested. The money has manifested. The ministry, the growth, the impact has manifested. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Give yourself entirely. What are you doing? If you're not giving yourself entirely to them, do you expect a result to, to drop from heaven? This is the prescription of God. This is the prescription of his word, how to get the result. He said, give yourself entirely to these things that your progress may be evident to all. See, that progress must stop being in your heart. The, the, the marriage must stop being a dream in your heart. The wedding, beautiful wedding must stop being, you know, a, 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 a movie reel in your heart. No, it must become evident to all. So how do we bring it from your heart to become evident to all? The dream, the vision that you have must leave your heart and come out into manifestation. That's the help of God. It's the help of God that makes it manifest. But how do you secure that? Meditate on the promises of God. Meditate on the goodness of God. Meditate on the word of God until the lies that you believe that is creating the fear, the lies that your, that your forefathers believe that has been going, you know, from generation to generation, you know, subconsciously being transferred by, by, by our, uh, in our bloodline, that lie will be dealt with and then the manifestation will be made evident to all. The blessing will come through. This is what God wants to do for you in this season. I, I want to I stop there tonight. I will finish this thought tomorrow. Let me say it as I round up. Make up your mind that you will do what the Bible says is the way to break the hold of fear in your subconscious mind. Make up your mind that you will meditate on his word day and night. That in the night watches when you lay on your bed, that you will think on his goodness. Why don't you lie down there and think on the goodness of God. Think of his love for you. How passionate he loves you. How, how, how much he loves you and he wants to help you. Meditate on it. So that that picture of God wanting to help you 
will go deep into your subconscious and replace the picture of God not willing to send the help. That subconscious picture you have, that, that of God being slow or reluctant to send the help, you replace it with a picture of a God that is eager, a God that is passionate to get you the blessing. Once that picture changes, the fear goes. So meditate on the goodness of God. Meditate on the love of God for you. So dream it, visualize it, play it in your mind, play it in your mind until the picture sinks and goes to where the lie that says that God is not going to come through, the money is not going to come, the marriage will be delayed, the healing is not going to come. You know, get rid of that lie and then get, get the new truth in. In other words, do God is wanting to help you to meditate. Yes, God is wanting to, I'm going to show you tomorrow. God is wanting to help you in the night, in the night watches, to help sink that word, to plant that word in while, while you are trying to sleep on your bed. And you must, you must, you must, you must, <laughs> you must get, log in tomorrow. Uh, because I, I will finish this tomorrow. You need to hear it completely. Because there's also a devil that wants to plant seeds of fear and more fear. To, to continue to hold you where you were and keep you there. So, so there's a battle when you sleep. There's a battle when you lay on your bed. So you need to know what to do to win that battle so that you meditate on the right thing. So the right word goes in, displaces the lies of the enemy, and releases the blessing. The dam breaks. <laughs> the dam wall breaks down and the blessings comes through. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow evening as we finish this thought. In, uh, in tomorrow's broadcast. Good night. Enjoy the rest of the evening. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.